Welcome to this new nutrition business podcast. The title of this podcast is Beyond Meat and the Plant-Based Bloodbath. Beyond Meat is a Californian company which makes plant-based meat substitutes. It's had a lot of attention in the media over the course of the past four or five years because it raised a billion dollars to fund its ambition to get people to switch away from meat and to be precise, to buy their plant-based burgers and sausages. The CEO of Beyond Meat has the declared ambition of putting an end to animal agriculture. However, its ambitions look like they're not going to be met anytime soon. Beyond Meat sales have been falling, particularly in the key US supermarket channel. Its gross margin has collapsed. Losses are getting worse, and it's actually never made a profit in its existence. And what's more, this isn't just a story of one brand failing. The entire plant-based meat substitute category in the United States, which is the biggest market for those products in the world, actually got into trouble in 2021 and finished the year with sales falling. And the sales of plant-based meat substitutes fell, even as sales of beef, lamb, chicken, pork, and every other kind of animal protein increased. Beyond meat sales in the US supermarket channel have fallen to pre-pandemic levels. So in its third financial quarter of 2021, so that's the quarter ending September, sales were down to 52 million, which sounds like a big number, but there were 77 million the number before. And you have to go right the way back to the very beginning of 2020 before you find sales as low as they are now. The $1 billion US meat substitute category actually overall grew by 10% in the year to September 2021. And that's according to IRI data. And for those of you who don't know, IRI collects the actual supermarket sales data. So it's possibly the single most reliable source. The US is the world's single biggest meat substitute market. And of course, is therefore the most important market for California-based beyond. And to their credit, since they were launched in 2017, they've grown to have a 23% share of that market. Now, some of you will have heard that the meat substitute market is in some sense new or innovative. Bad news, it's nothing of the kind. It's been around since the 1970s. And um, it's uh, grown a lot, but it, it's not new. And one of the ways we know it's not new is that although Beyond has a 23% share, it's actually still only the number two brand in the category. The number one brand was launched in 1985, and it's called Morningstar, and it belongs to Kellogg. Yes, the breakfast cereal people. Now, not only have Beyond Meat sales tanked, every dollar of product it sells costs it $1.25 to produce. So let's just say that again in another way. Every dollar they sell, they effectively throw away 25 cents. And that's not all. The company's gross margin, so that's what's left after you've covered the direct costs like ingredients, the company's gross margin collapsed from 28% to 21% in the third quarter of 2021. Overall, it made a loss in the first nine months of 2021 of $92 million. That is double the loss that it made in the whole of 2020. And Beyond Meat has never made a profit. Cumulative losses on its balance sheet are $296 million. Now, such a collapse in gross margin and such colossal losses in normal companies are a firing offense. If when I was running a business for someone else, 
I had proudly told them that I was losing that sort of money and that I'd slashed the gross margin, I think I might have managed to survive in my seat for about a day before they sacked me. Well, unsurprisingly, Sanjay Shah, Beyond Meat's chief operating officer, stepped down from his job in September. And I say stepped down because that was the terminology used in the Beyond Meat press release. Now, previously, Sanjay Shah had held senior roles at Amazon and Tesla. And that's worth mentioning because there are some people who live under the misapprehension that the business models of companies like Amazon and Tesla have any relevance to the food industry. Bad news, they don't. If you try and apply, as a lot of Silicon Valley investors are doing, if you try and apply the Amazon and Tesla way of doing business to the food industry, you will be bitterly disappointed and you will get the sort of results that Beyond Meat gets. There is nothing transferable to the food industry, particularly such a low-tech business as making meat substitutes. There's nothing trans transferable to the food industry from people like Amazon and Tesla. And the massive success of Beyond Meat's ex-Amazon chief operating officer provides a little bit of evidence pointing in that direction. But Mr. Shah wasn't the only person to go. Also disappearing were the chief financial officer, the chief growth officer, and the chief marketing officer. Now, Beyond Meat, of course, had multiple excuses for its underperformance, most of which were described by one financial analyst as, quote, laughable. And perhaps the strangest is that the slow reopening of food service outlets, you know, McDonald's, all those sorts of places, was the cause of its falling sales in the food service channel. Unfortunately, that doesn't stack up because orders for real beef burgers, that's burgers made of beef as opposed to, say, pea protein, they actually increased by 12% between June 2020 and June 2021, while orders for plant-based burgers and the like remained basically flat during that period. And that is data from the NPD group who gathered that sort of information cited in a report by Bloomberg. The report by Bloomberg also said that multiple restaurant brands have cut back on or failed to renew their contracts for plant-based foods based on the weak demand they're getting from consumers. Beyond Meat is not the only company in trouble. Maple Leaf Foods is one of Canada's biggest food companies. Uh, it's been around for many years, 40 or 50 years, and they actually have a plant-based meat substitutes business. In the third quarter of 2021, Maple Leaf's plant-based business fell 6.6%. That came on top of a 20% fall in the three months before that. The business was already unprofitable prior to the sales decline, and Maple Leaf, to their credit, had been very honest and open about all of that. And they had said earlier this year that they didn't anticipate their plant-based substitute business getting into profit before 2023 or even later. Maple Leaf CEO was quoted in the media as saying, quote, we are seeing a marked slowdown in the plant-based protein category, which may suggest systemic change. Now, just to put this in context, Maple Leaf also sells meat. And yes, even while its plant-based business fell 6% and 20% before that, its meat business was up. 13%. As the CEO said, our meat protein business delivered exceptional results. In fact, it looks as if the entire US $1 billion plant-based meat substitute category ended 2021 in trouble. Now, I mentioned IRI before, who gather supermarket sales data, and they provide a wealth of data on grocery categories. And it's very clear, if you look at the supermarket data, that in Every single week from August 2021 to December 2021, 
sales of meat substitutes were down compared to the same time in 2020. By contrast, sales of beef, chicken, pork, turkey, everything were up. Turkey, the most impressive, up 38%. Even beef, up 9 or 10%. Lamb, up 5 or 6%. The data from IRI also shows that while prices for traditional meat items were up by 10% compared to the year before, that wasn't true of meat alternatives. In fact, despite all the headlines about overall food price inflation, the price of meat alternatives was actually lower in 2021 than the year prior. Well, why is that? Because they were selling a lot more product on promotion in a desperate attempt to revive falling sales. So the two pieces of data we have there are the price of meat alternatives was down and the actual sales were down. In other words, consumers' willingness to pay for meat substitutes had fallen. Price parity with meat has long been a target for makers of plant-based meat substitutes. And indeed, Beyond Meat CEO Ethan Brown has said his company is aiming to achieve that in 2022. However, price is not the only reason that people choose one food after another. Taste, texture, clean label, versatility, food culture, how I incorporate this product into my, my home cooking repertoire, all of these also matter. And for a lot of consumers, they matter more. Now, the big problem that the plant-based substitutes have got is their ingredient lists have 18, 20, and in some cases, even as many as 30 items. This runs up completely against everything that consumers have been telling us for the past 20 years. Though you may have heard the expression clean label. Companies have been responding to the clean label trend. That's, that's consumers wanting simpler ingredients, fewer ingredients, things that are easy to understand. The whole food industry has been responding to this consumer pressure for 20 years. But the plant-based meat substitute people thought they could simply ignore this. Now, you may ask yourself, why do the substitutes have ingredient lists with 18, 20, or 30 items in? And there's a very good technical reason for that. But if you take a, a most plant proteins, like pea protein or soy or wheat, it's not easy to create a product that can include them and can taste nice and doesn't just fall apart because plant proteins are not soluble in the way that animal protein is. So they have to use lots of expensive starches and stabilizers to make the product stick together. So for somebody somewhere, this is a technological opportunity. You know, if someone can use some simple intelligent technology, enzymes, for example, to find a way to produce something that tastes good, that contains plant protein and has a shorter ingredient list, then there's probably a future for those people. There's another factor which companies like Beyond Meat didn't take into account, which is that a significant portion of today's consumers are food explorers. They're people willing to try anything new and interesting, particularly if social media tells them it's worth looking at. They're also willing, of course, to move on to the next new and exciting thing. Now, Beyond Meat and others, they've basically ridden this novelty curve since 2017. They've attracted the curious. They've attracted people influenced by social media and by what the mainstream media say, who, who want to try out these new and interesting products, which they've seen talked about everywhere. So the, the triers drove the initial spike in sales. But that hasn't translated into a substantial amount of repeat purchase. Why? Because they don't perform well enough on taste and texture, and they don't perform well enough on people's expectations of shorter and simpler ingredient lists. 
Now, one of the things that the plant-based substitute companies and their investors in Silicon Valley have often cited as their killer competitive advantage is sustainability. And I think most of you probably would imagine that plant-based products are more sustainable. However, nothing is ever so straightforward. A recent article in the New York Times revealed that financial analysts were complaining that the plant-based brands either failed to disclose their sustainability performance or could not back up their claims. According to the New York Times, one investor tracking firm gave Beyond Meat a zero when it came to sustainability measures. Another described it as at severe risk, and that's a quote, putting it on a par with giant industrial meat processors like JBS, who are a Brazilian group of the largest meat processor in the world. And one of them was quoted in the New York Times as saying, we don't feel we have sufficient information to say Beyond Meat is fundamentally different from JBS. The New York Times further stated that, quote, neither Beyond Meat nor Impossible Foods discloses the total amount of greenhouse gas emissions across all of its operations, supply chains, or consumer waste. They also do not disclose the effects across all of their operations on forests or how much water they use. That's kind of astounding, isn't it? Now, the chairman of Beyond Meat has been quoted as saying uh, that they do have this information. They did a study with an American university, and that's fine, but it doesn't seem to be the sort of information that investors actually want. That's the objective measurement of how well you're doing. Now, the New York Times, of course, interviewed the people in the meat substitute businesses, Patrick Brown, the chief executive of Impossible Foods, which has raised $2 billion to drive its ambition of getting everyone to switch to plant-based burgers, told the New York Times that the requested sustainability measures were, and I'm quoting here, a ridiculous use of our resources. It will make us less impactful because we're wasting resources to satisfy an Excel jockey rather than to try and save the world. End of quote. Now, can you imagine if the CEO of your company or any company actually said to a major media source, we're not telling you what our sustainability measures are, that's a waste of time. You would be ashamed. That would be absolutely the right response. In today's world, nobody can hold themselves above the need to demonstrate to consumers, to investors, to the world in general, that they're taking steps to improve their sustainability performance. It's one of the key issues of our time. Now, going from the elevated world of sustainability down to the nitty gritty, one of the other problems that companies like Beyond Meat have is competition in their niche is intensifying. Too many brands are chasing the same consumers. They offer a sea of Me Too products with no differentiation between them other than the packaging and the brand name. In the US alone, in 2021, 40 new brands entered the meat alternative space. And every retailer has a private label version. The Target chain has a range called Good & Gather. Kroger has Simple Truth. Aldi has products. Lidl has products. And the reason is simply that, contrary to the claims of a lot of investors and what you'll see in the media, this is a low-tech business. Anyone can buy some plant proteins and some stabilizers from their suppliers. And as long as you've got an extruder, you can squeeze out something that tastes pretty much the same as all the other products that are out there. Now, interestingly, an IRI spokesperson set the ceiling for what plant-based meat alternatives can achieve as 2%, equivalent to 2% of retail meat sales. And I'm going to quote here from the analyst, if they simplify the ingredient list, they might get one or two percentage points higher. 
meat alternatives are going to be niche products for a very long time. And as some of you will know, this is what we've been telling our customers since 2017. If you look on foodnavigator.com, you'll find me quoted an interview in 2019 saying that given the increasingly intense competitive environment within meat substitutes and consumers' preference for plants that are more recognizable as plants, we stand by our belief this is not achievable. Investors in meat substitutes are likely to be disappointed. The hype around plant-based burgers and sausages that's taken place over the past four or five years is a fantastic example of the madness of crowds, of investors talking something up because they hope to float a business and make a billion dollars and walk away, of journalists who literally have no idea what they're reporting on, simply reproducing press releases, saying that it's going to be the future, of consulting firms, you know, the sort of people, Bain, Deloitte, Ernst & Young, churning out reports claiming that one day plant-based meat substitutes will get to 10 or 15% of the total meat market because of their underperformance on taste and texture, because they fail to meet consumer expectations of naturalness, as well as a whole lot of other problems, such as their inability to demonstrate real sustainability, that is not going to happen unless companies totally rethink their strategy. Plant proteins do have a good future, but not with the strategies of companies like Beyond Meat and Impossible. A Silicon Valley mentality about growth is essentially being shredded by contact with reality. Most plant-based business models have ignorance of the consumer, ignorance of the food and beverage market, ignorance of food culture baked into their business plans. We've seen a lot of these business plans, and it's astonishing how they've been written without any understanding of people, their minds, or markets. This is a segment that was never aligned with consumer preferences, and a lot is going to have to be done to get it aligned. The plant-based meat companies, in their zeal to become billion-dollar annual sales unicorns, yep, that's really the word they use, and their religious zeal to end animal agriculture, have based their strategies on wish fulfillment rather than any real understanding either of the technology underlining their products or of what consumers want. The reason that Beyond Meat's financials are a bloodbath is this is a niche fueled by media, investor, hype. It has stalled, even as animal protein, which is better aligned with what consumers are looking for, keeps growing. And while you may think that sustainability is animal protein's Achilles heel, actually agricultural practices are already changing rapidly. It's already possible to buy products that come from animal protein sources and are connected to regenerative agriculture and are even produced in a, a carbon neutral way. In Australia, one beef farm has already changed its practices, so it has sequestered 30,000 tonnes of greenhouse gases over the past two years. There may be a good future for plant protein-based burgers and meat substitutes, but their strategies need to change. And for those of you who want to know what that change looks like, you can go and look at our annual 10 Key Trends forecast. Key Trend 6, the plant protein paradox, sets out in three pages precisely what companies need to do. And these changes will need to be driven by much more creative minds and much more imaginative minds than those who are currently leading the meat substitute business. I hope you found this podcast enjoyable. 
And if you'd like some more information, please don't hesitate to go to our website, which is www.new-nutrition.com.